All right, I want to paint a bit of a picture right now. Deep blue skies meeting pine trees on the horizon. Light breeze on the water, a few clouds. Full glasses, cocktails, I see a little wine. I see a little Canadian beer. The flags are just moving a little bit out on the posts and all the fishing boats are tied up at the dock. And here we are, Team Minnesota Bound, sitting here taking it all in. Hey everybody, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. And across from me, the guy with the giant mug, my fishing partner and uh, Minnesota Bound leader, Scott Franzen. And next to me, the guy with the wine glass. You know you see those ads on TV for those two-fisted glasses? Full of what? Pinot Grigio. Andrew Walkquist. Starbanks. I think they call that a club pour at most uh, supper clubs. <laughs> yeah, is no, what that's that correct. Is. That's how I, I learned it. It, it, it. I'll take the club pour. Most pours like that get people fired. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up here on Lake of the Woods, north of the border, into Canada. Um, and this is a very special week. There are actually about 16 of us up here, but I pulled you guys in because you're my fishing buddies, and this place is really special. We are sitting on the dock of Wiley Point Lodge, which is exactly 40 miles by boat from Totem Resorts, which is home base next door to it, Yellowbird Lodge. Wiley Point is the third lodge here out in the middle of nowhere and we're taking a break we're doing what we love we're mixing work and play but people always ask right like what do you do when you are not working and this is one of the answers we're doing this what are we doing here we're turning it off and enjoying each other's company camaraderie and business relationships you know, we work hard all the time, sun up to sundown, and to have the opportunity to take this week and just click it off. We don't have connectivity. We have each other and enjoy great times together. Can I, have you fished with Wally or Andy? Should we call you fish with Rob? Yeah, Bill. No, Rob, Rob Burrell, who is our bartender and camp I'm just telling you it's work. I've been working my you-know-what off all week with Rob and my boat and Andy. Rob works in sales with us. He's head of that department, and he's sitting over there at the end of the table taking this in. His cocktail's a little tiny, but yes, we are here with each other having fun. Roger loves this place, always has, always will. Scott, eventually you came into the fold. You know, this is now your baby, and this was your brainstorm. Why here? Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Bill, is this is Ron's favorite place to go fishing. And <clears throat> I was lucky enough to come up here with Ron uh, and you one time, a small little group, and we had just the best experience between the fishing the accommodations, and really the camaraderie, we thought, well, 
gosh, why can't we do this with a little larger group and try and experience the same thing? And we've been very lucky to be able to do this now 10 years, I think, and counting. At and, least. And for me to see, um, in particular, Ron, just in his element, in his boat, fishing, jigging, 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 catching fish, laughing, having fun, smoking a cigar every now and then, and then with the rest of the crew that we have up here is it, it makes it very worthwhile. And I think I said this to you <clears throat> for the Ron Sherrod team that's up here. Um, it isn't work. This is, it's like, you know, just being together, maybe playing a joke or two on each other is, is really delightful. We're very, we're very lucky. And, and I don't, I don't want to undersell that at all. We're very lucky. And, um, we actually like each other. You know, that's the sad hey, thing. Well, well, wait a minute. Whoa, <laughs> the, whoa. Dad, the people that <laughs> we actually like each other, which is scary. All right, we're going to get to the delightful tricks at some point here. Annie, introduce yourself a little bit and talk about where you come from, right? We have a business relationship, but we have this friendship too. And you and Scott met. Because of this stuff, yeah. You, thanks, Bill. I, I've I've grown up in the outdoor industry. Um, I grew up in the Twin Cities area, and fortunate to have, and still have a father that loves to be outdoors and hunts and fishes with the best of them. He may not be the best, but he can he can hold his own. And years and years ago, when I worked for a sporting goods company in in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis I met Scott. Say the name of the company. Everybody will know it. it, it they're iconic. It was Burger Brothers Sporting Goods, and I worked for, for Bud and Ted for almost 15 years. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It Doing was, what? I, everything from hanging Rapalas to eventually running in the Minnetonka store um, over at, on 7 and 101. At 7, what was the name of that? 7 High? In the 7 High Shopping Center. 7 High at the old mall. Right on, yeah. And part of that, and met Scott, and we hit it off, and went through life, and fished Mille Lacs together, and fished Lake Minnetonka together, and kind of separated uh, in business lives a little bit. I went into banking. Um, I worked for a bank in, in Walnut Creek, California, um, for a number of years, and got my feet back uh, in the fold in Minneapolis, and went to work for Star Bank. And Starbank was was founded by my father um, years and years and years ago um, in Bertha, Minnesota. And you know, he it, his business plan was great because he wanted his kid to go out and and cut his teeth before coming to the family business. And that's what I did. It came in, worked at the the Eden Prairie branch, and. And one day, uh, the phone rang, and it was Scott on the other end of the line saying, I need to come in and, and talk to you. I hadn't seen him for a long time, long time. And I'll, I'll never forget when Scott walked in the door, we looked at each other. We're both timeless in beauty. <laughs> we hugged. We hugged. 
We didn't shake hands. We hugged and went and sat down in the boardroom and cut her deal to work with Minnesota Bound. Wow. And that was how many years ago? Well, it was years. About 10, 10, 10 years 11 ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah. 10, 11 years ago. Um, a little history on your banks. Rural Minnesota. Yep. Our, our specialty is rural Minnesota. You know, and we talked about this in the boat today, Bill. And it, it, it's not getting into business, but just talking about life in the world. The big box banks are leaving rural Minnesota. They don't, they just, it's not working for them. The rural communities, the farmers, the, the, the growers, the small business owners, the grocery stores, they need community banks and they need safety deposit boxes. And the people in those communities need their banker. They need to walk into a building and shake hands with somebody. They don't take advantage of all the digital product, products. And of course, we've got all that. I mean, who doesn't? You know, getting back to the roots in the, in the streets of hometown. The, the community bank in rural communities are the economic engines of those towns. They drive it. They're the city hall, the schools, the churches, the banks. Those are the four rocks of the community. But you talked about it earlier today. You also know everyone, and everyone knows you. Yep, and, it, and that's super important, is to be able to walk down the street and wave at the, the guy that owns the hardware store, or wave at the baker, or wave at the checkout person at the grocery store, and have a relationship with those people. And they gain your trust, they enjoy you, and they come in. Which is a little bit like this trip, right? It's all about relationships. We're here with... Yes, people we do business with, but we're here with friends. So let's talk about the trip a little bit, how it works, because this is not your average fishing trip. First off, we load up trucks. We get all excited. There are emails going back and forth. We're having little Text planning meetings. going, flying. Who's going to bring this? Who's going to bring the Rapalas, right? We get up here, you get to Totem Lodge, which is larger than life, right? Because you drive this Canadian highway that seems like it's going to nowhere, pine tree, windy road through the rocks. You pull into Totem, these massive Totem poles, all the blue Totem boats, the Grand Lodge. There are all these people who help you. You hop out, make sure your fishing licenses are good. You get the boats launched. And then, Scott, there's this boat ride or in your case drive because you're driving your shiny new boat shiny new boat that <clears throat> made it out here unscathed which is good yeah it, you know you, you it's 40 miles through islands of rock and pine trees and every once in a while there's a really cool home on on an island that you stop and go by and and it, you you kind of start thinking are we ever going to get there and then bam you pull around this corner and it's into this, you know, resort that you go, wow, how did they build this on the middle of an island 40 miles from anywhere? It's pretty cool. Wiley Point, which is part of the Totem Resorts family, and it is. It is out in the middle of nowhere on one of the world's wildest lakes, right? Like, it, it's not a casual boat ride. 
to go the 40 miles from Totem to get out here, you kind of have to be on your game. Well, and I'll, and I'll say that the Totem folks will lead you out here if you need them to. And they have a barge to handle all your stuff. <clears throat> We've done it enough now where we can follow our, our GPS graphs and kind of stay on our trail, even though I did do that this time and there was a small incident. But we won't talk about that. Oh, um, you're damn right. No, we're not going to talk about We will talk but, about that. But um, you can get out here real easy with just the help of the uh, Wiley Point staff. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to go back to the people on the streets that you meet. I was, I was in a hardware store in western Minnesota a few days before coming up and talking to the owner of the store. I've known him for a long, long time and said, what's your plans for the week? And I said, you know, I'm going to Canada fishing. And he said, can you get in? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, I didn't think you could still get into, get into Canada anymore. And I said, well, there, there are rules. You follow the rules. And, you know, for the number of rigs that we had crossing the border and coming in in International Falls, it was a piece of cake. Yeah. I, I had followed the rules, and it, I was through in 45 seconds, if that. It was that quick and that easy. And by rules, it's having a little app downloaded on your phone. Very easy. The Canadian government asking about you know, COVID vaccinations, dates of travel, address where you're going to be. It's not a big deal. And then, boom, you're in. Passport, and you're in. Yeah. Easy. And it's, uh, we obviously love Totem Lodges, right? Eric Brown and Dustin, the rest of the family, they're friends of ours. But I think we're also all real sympathetic post-COVID. This part of the world has suffered greatly. This is a tourism province, at least this end of it. And there's been nobody here for darn near three years. So it feels good to just come up here and do this and share some money, right? Spend a little money with these people. It's it's really nice <clears throat> to come and spend time with people that really appreciate you spending time with them. Yes. And I'm not talking about us and our group. I don't, you know, enjoy that much time with you guys. Actually, I do. It's good. <laughs> but but <clears throat> the Browns and I'm sure a lot of the resorts in town or in, in, in Canada, that, you know, they're, they're happy people are here. Yes. And that they want, and they're excited, and it's it's really nice. You know, that's that's a change of pace. And we've always loved to hear, but I would argue that from the people working on the boat docks to Tara in the dining room, like people are excited to have people around. Just kind of get Kind of getting back to normal a little yeah. bit. Speaking of normal, the fishing on this lake, unbelievable. Oh, understatement. Uh, you come up here to chase walleyes, muskies, at times lake trout, and one of my favorites, big pike. Um, so, Scott, how's your fishing been? Well, Bill, thanks for asking. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> It, it, it's not many places you can go to and have 100 fish days. Right. And that's not an overstatement. 
that's accurate. If anything, it could be an understatement. <clears throat> and quality fish too, and and varieties, etc. So so we've been lucky here, I think, where if somebody wants to primarily fish walleyes, you know, there's it's the best jig fishing bite you can have, I think, on the planet. Um, if you want to cast for pike, you did more of that than I did, and you caught many big pike. And then some in our group wanted to chase muskies, and we've seen a lot of muskies landed a two or three. and hooked, I've landed three in the last week, just saying. Hooked up many <laughs> others. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty special. Hey, it's my turn to talk about the greatest drinking water, bathing water, water period I have in my home, all brought to me by the Connecticut water system. Connecticut. I've had it for years. Uh, you've heard me perhaps boasting about it before. Uh, Connecticut, I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, just from the top, no electricity. That's good. Uses very little salt. And just a little background, uh, where I live along the Rum River, north of Anoka, uh, the water when I bought that home, uh, full of iron, stained everything, uh, and it didn't smell very good either. Uh, the Connecticut folks came in, put a system in there. Uh, all of the iron stain went away. The odor went away. And in, and in its place, I ended up with great drinking water right at the, at the uh, kitchen sink uh, or great water for showers, et cetera. I just can't say enough about Connecticut. So check them out at... Uh, Connecticut.com. Did you know that a propane gas... Furnace lifespan averages 20 years, while electric heat pumps only last about 14 years. And propane furnaces work in all temperatures while delivering warm and consistent heat in your home. Why buy two heating systems when propane furnace can do it all? Lasts longer, works better, and costs less. These things and more are being done today with propane. The right energy right now. Come visit Oliver Kelly Farm near Elk River where you can learn about the past and the present of agriculture in Minnesota on a real working 1860s farm. Explore the historic homestead of Oliver H. Kelly, founder of the first successful national farming organization. Also, get up close with the animals, the gardens, fields, and natural areas. Step back in time and experience life on a farm over 150 years ago. Learn more at mnhs.org slash Kelly Farm. Hewitt Docks, Lifts, and Pond Two Legs began in a small south-central Minnesota town with a mission to make dock install and removal easier by inventing the Rolla Dock. Well, now the company has evolved to provide everything you might need to improve your lake time. In addition to the classic Rolla Dock or the new Ultra Dock system, Hewitt offers all-terrain staircases, gangways, canopies and lifts, along with any accessory you might need. Celebrate 50 years of business with us. Go to HewittRad.com to enter for a chance to win a free dock and monthly prizes. Hewitt Docks, lifts, and pontoon legs. Work hard, play harder. You deserve a Hewitt. Speaking of our magic crew here, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the deck just got a little bit nicer. Travis Frank, hi there. He just hopped out of the shower after a full day of fishing. Now he's all decked out for an evening here at Wiley. Out on the town. There is no town, but there is this place, <laughs> this little resort. 
Um, yes, the jig bite is amazing. And this lake is amazing, right? Ron always talks about the lake of 14,000 islands. Um, you know, people ask me, where is Totem Resort? Where is Wiley Point? And it soon arrows is the, the community where Totem Resort resides, as Scott said. But if you were to take a, a ruler and go north-south from, from Kenora straight south and draw a line, and then if you were to take that same ruler and put it on Winnipeg, and go west to east and draw a line, that crossing point is about exactly where Wiley Point is. Yeah. So we're parallel kind of with Winnipeg and just a little south of Kenora. It is a massive lake. Absolutely massive. I mean, you can never get to all the fishing holes, right? Speaking of which, I see the Connecticut Aquarius crew coming in. Looks like they had a good day of fishing. The boats are coming in. Um, so we, we go out. We have fun fishing all day. We catch more fish than you can count. We come back here. The decadent dinners are over the top. And then we turn into, like, little school kids. <laughs> like, I thought we were all grown-ups. <laughs> we? You got a gopher in your pocket, Bill? <laughs> You, you, you have to keep the ice broken up amongst the group and sometimes make it a challenge for others. Just well, first, be- it starts with Mr. Shara. <laughs> Usually the pranks begin there and then they escalate. Yes. Like, like a fever, it spreads. Mm-hmm. The one-upsmanship goes haywire. Well, this year it started with um, another other than you, your poor coffee mug. You accidentally left it in the dining room. And you, I'm just going to be honest about this, got a little bit pouty about it. No, because that's not true. I didn't even know it was there gone, Bill, mug. until Andy said, Hey, Scott, where's your Connecticut mug? Because I that right and my only mistake was not realizing right then, it was in the game, the <laughs> game had started. It took me a half a day to realize the game had started, and then, game on, game on, game on. But you, it was so well orchestrated and so well planned. It was it was architectural. Of, about how that coffee mug disappeared and was sitting in plain sight mm-hmm. for well, Andy, two, there's a, two days. You would not be a good poker player because the tell is all over your face. I will never rob a star bank with any of you. So the mug is left on the dining room table. The wait staff chases me down at the end of the night, says, yep. hey, does this belong to one of you? And I said, yes, it does. I'll take it. <laughs> Everyone's sitting on the decks at their cabins, having a few cocktails. A few people go out fishing for muskies before dark. And I see a kayak sitting down by the beach. Right now, the water on Lake of the Woods is way up. So the beach actually is almost gone. And the play set down on the beach is in four feet of water. So I take the mug. I get in the kayak and I paddle out. And I set it right in the middle on the top of the playground, which... 
from where we're sitting now, Andy is about how far? Uh, I'd give it 40 yards. So 45. In metric, 10 meters. Sure. Something like that. And it's glistening in the sun. And for two days, Scott walks back and forth, stomping about his loss. Oh, month. my God. The exaggeration. See? The stomping. I, I didn't even. I just told you and Andrew, when you're ready, give me my mug back because I knew you had it. You went and asked the servers. Because you told me to, Andy. <laughs> maybe they put it in the dishwasher, Scott. That's what you told me. So there you go. That's that's how the pranks go. We've had a mousetrap. We've had missing watches. We had reader glasses that disappeared. Just all kinds of a stuff. A lost cell phone on an island. A cell phone on an island. Did that ever come back? The cell phone? Yeah. Well, yeah, what happened was that Rob Burrell, sales individual at Minnesota Bound, left his cell phone on a chair during shore lunch. And Scott came down to sit next to me to talk at a high level about business. And, and I took the cell phone and I put it in my pocket. And then Rob realized that a cell phone was missing story goes on and it was a very windy day that day and we were at shore lunch which is the most incredible thing any human being can be part of um for the food event and i i noted to scott that the rope was slipping on the knot that i had tied on his boat to secure it and that i had to go retie it and he said yeah do that thank you very very much go do that so i faked like i was tying the boat back up and I placed the cell phone um, on, Rob's seat, on Rob's seat in the boat. Interesting. So it got to the point where we're all taking off. All the boats were gone, and Rob refused to get on the boat until he knew where his cell phone was. Yet there it was sitting on his seat. Yeah, for as much of a fit as Scott pitched about his stainless steel mug, Rob and his cell phone... Borderline childish, but that's okay. <laughs> the point of all this is that is the fun nature of this trip. But but there's a very serious side to this trip for us, too. I want to talk about that in just a moment. But first, we'd like to thank all the great sponsors who help make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. These are the stories behind the stories, and I am Bill Shirk, the man about the woods, Thanks for listening. First off, we'd like to thank our good friends at Star Bank. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Hey everybody, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. It's time to plan your fall hunt in North Dakota. Get this, with an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks... 
North Dakota Central Region is prime habitat for hunting waterfowl. In fact, right now, the state's breeding duck index sits 38% above the long-term average. And the water's up, too. The spring water index is up 616% over 2021. That's a good thing. Now, when you consider that North Dakota has approximately 700,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting, guess what? You've got an outdoor oasis. For the latest information about public hunting lands and private land open to sportsmen and women, visit North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Bag your limit this fall in North Dakota. Visit LegendaryND.com. All right, back to the story here. So we are on this fun fishing trip up in Canada. And yes, the fishing's great. The food is over the top. The pranks are never ending. But I think there is a very serious side to this trip for all of us. And it's an individual thing. For me, I have fallen in love with this dang lake. It is mystical. It is frustrating. It is larger than life. But every year I look forward to our three or four days here to just do this. Wally, for you, like, what is it? What is it about this place? It, it, I, the words that you used, like mystical and larger than life, are incredibly correct. You, you know, for me, I don't fish a lot during the summer months. I'm a duck hunter. I travel the continent twice a year shooting ducks. But for me, that, that spark lights when you're going through your tackle bags and putting new line on your reels and, and making sure you got the right lures and the jigs and just the ramp up before getting in the truck and making the run. That's great. And then you get here, like this year, we all, without talking to each other at all, we all ended up at a gas station in International Falls within five minutes of each other. Wow. The rigs started pulling in, and hands were being shook, hugs were given, and then we made the run across the border, which is it was incredible. Scott was there. I was there. Trav was there. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Scott, what about you? What is it with this darn lake? <clears throat> well, I would I would add to that, <clears throat> excuse me, in this way is I, I just think it's incredibly important to have some traditions in your life, whether it's with, you, you know, hopefully with your family and things like that. And we've established this tradition now with um, the friends of Ron Sherrett Productions, and um, we're incredibly lucky to be here. And but but the, anybody could be here, and if, it doesn't matter if you have your own boat or don't have your own boat. This is a place that if you don't have your own boat, they have fantastic guides here that can take you fishing. Right. If you are do-it-yourself fishermen, this is the best place to work on your electronics, follow a map, figure it out on your own and feel really good about yourself when you catch some fish. But whether it's here or someplace else, find these kind of outdoor wilderness traditions because it um, it centers you, I think. And um, 
And this is a, a, a trip probably 10 years ago that started as a business trip. And now it's, now it's social. Yeah. Now it's a social trip that, uh, to your point, I look forward to every year. It's a fantastic four days. And it's just fun to be with the people that come here. We have inside stories, old jokes. We've named places we've fished. And that's kind of what you traditions become, I think. But I don't think it would be the same if we were on, say, Malax Lake or something like that. This lake is larger than any of us. We will never go end to end. You know, this thing's a hundred and some miles long. I think a big difference in that, Bill, is a Malax, your phone still reaches you. And here, it doesn't. Hmm. And it's important to put those electronic devices away sometimes and just be in the moment and what you're doing. And that's what, you know, hiking, fishing, hunting, camping can do for you when you get out that way or out far enough that you're not getting pinged with news, text, emails, your social media, things like that. And that happens up here, which is kind of unique. Uh, yeah, I love the wilderness separation. That. That is the best for me. I wake up earlier than I normally do just to see the sunrise. It, I love it. I sleep better at night than I normally do because I've cleansed the soul out on the water. It, it, you know, I, I disconnected completely. And pickled the liver. Breathe, both of you. Breathe. <laughs> I just see uh, even uh, even with the podcast, the little pokes are still going. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's open her up. All right, Andy, give me a fish story. Do you have a favorite, either from this year or from the past? Just a moment. I, I have, I have two. Um, one was from today. When we were fishing and we were out in some really, really, really big water. And it, it was rolling good, and we were bobbing around out there. We could hardly stand up in the boat. And Ryan was in the back of the boat, and he was having an issue or had caught a fish, and you were going back to net it. And you handed me your rod, and I had your fishing rod in my left hand, and you, you never gave me the opportunity to put down my fishing rod in my right hand. And I'm holding them as I'm bobbing three feet up and down in the water. And all of a sudden, the left-hand rod collapsed and bent over. And I set the hook. And you just stood there. I said, Bill, I got a fish. And he said, well, reel it in. I'm trying to net Ryan's fish. So I put my right-hand rod down because I was starting to reel it up. And I went to grab your your you reel, reel it in, and you fish goofy foot. Your handle on your spinning reel was on the wrong side. Totally on the wrong side. And I, I can't reel something in with my right hand on a spinning reel. It doesn't work. So turn it upside down. It's <laughs> like you're from <laughs> Illinois. So that, that was funny and got to fish in the boat by myself without your help. Um, incredibly great landing job on a 23-inch walleye. Um, on a goofy foot rod. <laughs> Another great memory was, and Scott was there, um, 
Scott might have been the captain of the boat. And this is a cool memory with my dad. And we were fishing, jigging for walleyes, and all of a sudden his rod doubled over. And my dad is, is 80 years old and doubled over. And I saw him put his feet on the gunwale of Scott's boat like Ernest Hemingway cranking in a marlin out in the Gulf of Mexico. And he's reeling this reel, the spinning reel, reeling, 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 and I have the net, and Scott's holding the boat steady because we're in some current. And this giant, giant canoe paddle northern came to the surface. And some other boats were around us watching, and we didn't have a big enough net. And one of the other boats came around, and the guide's name was Keith. I always remember him, great guy. And he said, Wally, you're going to need a bigger net. (laughs) And he handed me his musky net. And I'll never forget this, because Dad had the fish up. Scott was holding the boat steady. And I looked at my dad, and I said, Dad, we got one shot at this, and that's it. One shot. And netted the fish and got it in the boat. Scott, what color was the lure jig that he was using? Gold jig head. He was using a short shank gold jig head. And we got the fish in the boat, and it was like a 46-inch northern. Just an absolute horse. And he has that picture hanging in his office today. Two great memories. To the point of this trip, right? Well, yeah, you gave me your rod. Hold my beer and watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, what about you? Well, actually, that was that was mine. Really, is one of my well, probably the one that comes to my mind the fastest um, was Harry catching the biggest northern I've ever seen in my boat. And and what I would add to Andy's story, which was so eloquently and elaborately told and embellished. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Is um, I had tied that jig on five minutes before that because I think he'd broken the other one off on a rock or something. It was a really rocky area and and, and it was to the point we were getting a few fish, not many, and we're like, we're going to move. In five minutes, we don't catch something, we're going to move. And then Harry hooked this monster of the deep and it was phenomenal. And, and then everything that Andy just described happened. We had to, we were in current, we had to hold the boat. Keith, the guide came over with a musky net and, and we got it in and we got some fabulous pictures and we created memories. And, and now they're in Harry's office. Hanging on the wall. Yep. And that, I would also say that there's been several times on this trip <clears throat> where um, someone I have been fishing with has had a personal best, whether it's on a walleye or a northern, not a muskie in my boat. That's more your, your, you or Travis, but particularly walleyes where it's like, I've never caught a fish this big. This is a personal best. I'm like, well, good. Let's catch another. You know, let's it happened, go. It happened to us today with Ryan Servio. It did indeed. Longtime friend from Fox Sports but we, and Valley Sport. Yeah, twice it happened today. Unbelievable. Largest walleye he's ever caught, and then that giant pike. And he squealed like a little schoolgirl when it went into the net. Yep. And, Scott, your boat, you guys were, what, 200 yards away from <laughs> yes. us in a half gale? We heard it. And you could hear us all cheering and high-fiving. And 
Wow. I thought day. it was the winds in November come calling <laughs> when it was just Ryan. Thanks, Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we wrap this up, I mean, is there anything else about this experience? Any other sensations that move you to? What, what moves me is going to be the number one, I, the, the appreciation I have for this event. And number two, I'm going to be able to go back to the office with a clean brain and soul and work hard. Be fresh again. Be fresh again. It's not like going on a spring vacation. It's not like going, you know, skiing. It's, it's the cleansing of the soul and the cleansing of the mind. Yeah, maybe it's the water. Maybe it's the sound of the wind. Last night we had a little bit of thunder and lightning. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's your Pinot Grigio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all of it. I, what I would add to that, Bill, is <clears throat> we do our damnness to tell great stories about the outdoors on Minnesota Bound. And um, now what we're doing is we're kind of out here living it and, and creating some of those stories for our friends and partners in the show. And, and um, I would just in, encourage people to find a place. If it's, if it's in Canada, wonderful. If it's Totem Resorts, even better. Um, but if it's a resort in western Minnesota, southern Minnesota, northern Minnesota, wherever it may be, to do the same thing. is You don't have to catch monster fish to create memories. No. And to your point, it's got to be tradition. And for so many people, they want to have those traditions. But unless you block the calendar and put it in permanent ink, it doesn't happen. And put the phone on mute. Mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you can't get far enough away where the phone doesn't work, then put on airplane mode for a while. Well, thank goodness for me, every once in a while when we get out on certain corners, I start getting beeps on my phone so I can communicate with Katie and the boys. <laughs> and I <laughs> and won't send apologize. Them pictures. <laughs> I won't apologize for that because I love being able to just check in and say, hey, miss you guys, but the fish are biting. Agree. Agree. Uh, do we have dates for next year? Are we going to do this again? Well, some of us are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> We don't have dates, but we'll be doing it again 100%. Awesome. Well, big thank you to Totem Resorts for hosting us, as they always do. They do such a great job. You know, one of two complaints on this trip, I always go home just bloated. Bloated. That was <laughs> the word so I was looking bloated. for. Yeah, there's more I mean, than that word. <laughs> giant breakfasts, oh. double sandwiches at lunch, the shore lunch, which is absolutely epic. And if you've never been on a true canadian shore lunch this is a place to experience it a it's the real deal yeah fried fish on an island fish that were swimming an hour ago fish that we cleaned potatoes fried over open fire with let's see what's their mix mushrooms bacon mm -hmm. green and red peppers onions mm -hmm. yep and a big old can of bush's baked beans Boiling away there. Our good friend Rob Burrell's favorite. <laughs> well, that about does it for us. 
Uh, I think we've got it summed up. Oh, I was going to say the other thing that I wish we could change on this trip. I don't know if you guys noticed. Travis came out. He's here on the deck. He's already down on the boat getting ready to go musky fishing. He is the last one in at night after dark. After a full day of musky fishing, we're trying to sleep, and he comes tiptoeing in with fish stories. He's the first one up in the morning and out before the sun is up chasing those dang fish. I saw him leave at 6.30 the other morning. I got up, sitting on the deck, having my cup of, cup of joe, and there goes Travis. It was like... You know, his rod's strung over his shoulder, and he's skipping down to his boat and fired that baby up, and off he went. Man, if only we could get him to sleep eight hours a night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to the rest of our adventure. We still have a few hours left on this trip, maybe a few more fish to be caught, certainly a few more meals. And uh, then we hit the road, we get home, and guess what? We start planning the next one. Right on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, so, Phil. There you go. The Minnesota Bound Podcast. These are the stories behind the stories. And if you ever wonder what we do when we're not on the clock, now you know. If you happen to have a favorite story from Lake of the Woods or else your favorite tradition, getting with getting away with friends or family, let me know about it. Drop us a note and uh, we'll talk about it in the next podcast. So until the next time, Bill Shirk, I want to thank all the sponsors who helped make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. Of course, Connecticut. The Shirks use Connecticut water. You should too. Also, our good friends at Star Bank, the Bank of Minnesota Bound, the Minnesota Propane Association, Hewitt Docks, the Minnesota Historical Society, and North Dakota Tourism. Until next week. Don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. And there goes Travis away from the docks. Good luck fishing.